Hey everybody, it is December 27th, 2017. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I got Justin Labar with me. We're going to talk about SmackDown Live for December 26th. Talk a little bit of Christmas Raw. Other news, Dean Ambrose out for a while. Uh, Matt Hardy, new theme music at a house event, or rather, perhaps his old theme music. We shall see. Justin, how are you doing? Did you have a good holiday? I'm doing well. Uh, I, I did. Uh, I'm enjoying the uh, seven degree temperature here in Pittsburgh. How are you? Oh, I'm good, man. It's like 60 degrees here and it feels like it's freezing in California. Yeah, you suck. Yeah, it's all relative, man. It's all relative. So did you watch both Raw and SmackDown this week? I did on a uh, Raw on a big delay and I watched SmackDown and I caught up with it about a half hour into it and got my fast forward going. Man, it's weird too. I was kind of looking forward this week and both shows felt like, I mean, now some weeks we're pretty honest here. Some weeks they do feel like a chore. This week, more like a chore than most. Um, for all the big to do about, oh my God, we're broadcasting live, Raw on Christmas. You'd think they would have tried a little harder. Yeah, I agree. You know, I would have thought they would have aimed to advertise something more and big, you know, um, whether it's around Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt, whether it's around <clears throat> some turn in the road, some another significant turn in the road with, with the Dan O'Brien, Shane McMahon stuff. Yeah, it just, I, you know, I, I watched because I'm like, okay, it's live, you know, commercial free the first hour. And I just felt like, okay, they're doing this. They, they got to deliver something, right? You know, let, let's yeah. not let's not make this the episode where we just run over Santa Claus. Let's make this the episode where something pivotal happens. And I could have not watched either of them, and I wouldn't be too far behind. Yeah, John Cena didn't even give get to give his entire Christmas speech. You know, <laughs> right? Oh man, um, yeah. I, I mean, we're not going to go segment by segment on Raw. I'll just say that you know, now granted, a little disappointed that it took the WWE two years into the gimmick. To have Elias say the WWE stands for Walk with Elias. It's brilliant. I want the t-shirt. Yeah, they've been sitting on that. How long have they been sitting on that? And the Christmas show, really? This is where you just bust it out? Um, but that match, man, no commercials. Never have I wanted commercials more than that half an hour match between Elias and John Cena. Well, and that's the thing is that, you know, I, I know like with SmackDown, they do the picture in picture uh, for a, a bulk of the breaks when a match is going on. And... I just, I stand by, unless it's something that's like a big, like a match that we've been building to, you know, payoff or it's, you know, for a title or something significant, it, unless it's that, if you're talking Raw and SmackDown, your weekly shows, I just don't think a lot of people want to see very long matches. I mean, granted, I don't, I'm not saying I want to see three minute, um, you know, popcorn matches, but I, but I think there's a sweet spot. And I, again, I, it's, it's I, I think when you have as much programming as they do, you need to make it, you know, when we have as much program as they do, and that includes, you know, basically two pay-per-views a month, let the pay-per-views, uh, you know, charm be. That's where you're going to get to see a bigger match. You're going to see a longer match, see, you know, more of the, of the moves and the repertoire. But the fact that they give us these lengthy matches on pay-per-views and overall and on SmackDown, I think it just becomes, I think, I think you just start to get numb to it. And quite honestly, I'll be honest, unless it's somebody like a Braun or like an Elias or somebody that to me that I have like a, you know, a vested interest in as a viewer, I find myself, you know, you know, I'll glance over, I'll watch this sequence spot, and then I'll, you know, back, you know, I'm looking at social media or whatever. It's just, it's, there's just, it's so much. Yeah. And uh, we've talked about this before, but when they do those long matches, and this is probably, you know, the last uh, bits just to cover up Raw for Monday, when they do those long matches, like we had, an, I thought it was a really, really good match with Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns, 
when you take us that long into it and it ends with the winner that you kind of thought it was going to be or, or DQ finish in the case of Roman and Joe, you feel kind of cheated when it's something that you get that invested in, you get into the rhythm, you buy into it. You actually start to wonder, okay, which way is this going to go? How are they booking this? And then it's like, what Roman got DQ'd? Uh, And you know, the guy that's supposed to be the baby face uh, shoves the ref and proceeds to beat up his opponent for five minutes after, you know, uh, trying to injure him. Yeah, it was fine through the 80s and early 90s when you, uh, you know, with with WWF superstars and or, or, and then, you know, then eventually Monday Night Raw and stuff like that. It was fine to have uh, squash matches because they were quick. So, yeah, you know what the prediction, you know what the, the outcome is going to be. Uh, unless it's one, two, three, kid beating um, their own, <laughs> you know what the outcome is going to be. But it's okay. That's quick. You're just highlighting and showing, you know, the the the, the, the featured stars, you know, yeah. signature moves. But yeah, exactly. Everything you just said, I agree with. When you when you drag these matches out to this length, I'm expecting a really big finish. Now that you've strung me on for 15 minutes. Yeah, seriously. And uh, I thought that match the other night was good. Um, and Raw, the big. Two t- two more things, unless you could think of something else we should talk about there. But one, Matt Hardy, that promo. Oh my God. Like easy to memorize, right? <laughs> I mean, that was, I give them props for, for doing that, for just saying, just go out there and like laugh for a minute. Just do the laugh. Just, just, that's it. Run into the ground. Everything he does right now is pretty over. So I, I don't think yeah. that he can, um, you know, that's, you know, I'm, 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 I'm I don't want to sound cynical and say I'm waiting to see what the screw up's going to be. Cause I, I really don't, I mean, there's always that fear that we have, but I, I really think that he has, uh, he he's he's been able to get such control, creative control, and uh, and helping dictate how this is going to go week to week and where it's going to go that that makes me feel comfortable because he you know he knows what he's doing. He created sure. this character. Yeah, well, I think he knows what he's doing. He created the character, and now he's trying to navigate within the infrastructure of what WWE creative supposedly with this free reign, you know, how far he can take that and what he can do within those confines. Um, and that's interesting to me. I mean, to see, I mean, I'm sure we're going to get great stories about this six months from now, a year from now, about what actually went on behind the scenes with this. Um, but we'd be remiss if not talking about new tag champions on Raw, Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins in an upset victory over the bar. Uh, what do you make of this, Justin? My reaction is it's something that probably was not, you know, a big grand plan. I think it probably was, okay, Ambrose is out. What does that do to Rollins? There's nowhere for Rollins to reset and work right now. So my thought is they said, okay, this is a way to keep Rollins obviously in a, in a high-profile situation, and this is a way that we could further string along the Jason Jordan. I, I think WWE is well aware now. I think it's part of their plan. Jason Jordan is 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 presented to be a babyface, but obviously nobody is buying it. Yeah. Um, where everybody's you know he's had these little digs at Kurt Angle when he doesn't get his way. So I think. It was like, okay, here's the way where we can do the oddball matchup. We've seen this before. Oddball matchup. Eventually, things are going to come to a head, and that can, you know, somehow tie into um, that can somehow tie tie into, uh, you know, Jason Jordan's eventual turn. Yeah, um, I think that's where this is headed. Is probably into uh, an awesome breakup between these two, and that leading to Jordan versus Kurt Angle really coming to fruition. Um, so that's cool. I mean, it was a good, good surprise, right? Good yeah, I mean, to end it on. Yeah, at least I mean, at least it was something. Yeah, yeah, something different to end on a, a surprise for sure. I mean, if they think about it, if that was the main event match, and it was just a title. You know, it, it was just 
the bar holding on to the titles. I mean, again, you would have needed like Jason Jordan then to, to fully turn heel after the match or something to really go off the air and feel like that you ended with a bang. Yeah. Um, no, definitely, man. Uh, aside from that, a lot of CM Punk chants. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as to be expected, you know, I, I, and I was, I mean, good, good for Elias for, uh, you know, for usually when the the chants happen, when you acknowledge them and then shut people down, that usually seems to be what happens. I was I was hoping Elias would have said as they were chanting for Punk during his um his song. I was hoping that he would have just said it. It's you know, it, yeah, it's a time of uh, miracles, but you're not going to get that one. You know, make some play off a Christmas miracle. Yeah, um, you know, it was what it was. Do you think they're going to keep this going six or seven years from now in Raw? Uh, Christmas again. Uh, I who knows what the situation will be when we're that far. When we're well, at that will point. it be that story? We tried Christmas Raw once. Do you guys remember what a disaster this? <laughs> we marking the anniversary for it. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's just. I I mean, the punk chants are going to go on until until he resurfaces. And I mean, I I still think that if if they end up doing this Cody Rhodes Young Buck show in Chicago, I mean, how could you not? Uh, how how could how could you not think CM Punk will be part of that? Yeah. Um, so we talked about it earlier. Dean Ambrose nine months is that kayfabe nine months or is that legit nine months based on what you've heard? Uh, I could I could see it being a little kayfabe. I could see it being um, you know him being able to come back a little bit shorter, but them trying to and then you know he comes back you know as the lunatic that he is um, you know early. I, I could see that being a bit of an exaggeration. Nine months based upon how. I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything about that injury, but I don't know. That just that, that seemed a bit much, but uh, you know. But maybe this is the best thing for him, you know. And not to say that you know you never want to see anybody hurt, but maybe this is the best thing for him because obviously this always gives a chance for characters to reset, be missed, and you know he gets a reaction. So I can't say that he's like it's not working. He gets a a very good reaction from the crowd. I just feel like it's just such a watered down Dean Ambrose based upon what it could be or what he can be or what he's been prior to WWE. I just you know, he was a guy I was so excited for, and I was on Chair Shot Reality for for months, and and the most better part of a year, I was just counting down to whenever they would pull him up um, from developmental. And then after the original run of the Shield, especially when he when they all broke off into singles, I was like, this guy is not this this is this is not the Dean Ambrose that that, that we deserve. Mm. I think Steve Austin even kind of in some ways alluded to it. And when they when he had Austin, when he had Ambrose on the podcast uh, on the on the <laughs> Network, I think I mean I think Austin basically was calling him out saying, "Dude, you need to like this is not like you know be better than this." I don't know. Well, that was the thing we talked about this a while back, but that was sh- the shades of intensity. Dean Ambrose in that fake promo he cut on that Stone Cold podcast, like that was more of that Dean Ambrose than we've seen on the main roster. You know, when SmackDown he had that run where uh, he was a bit of a heel uh, champ. Where he's funny, but he hasn't had that intensity. Yeah, you know, he, he his his strikes aren't the best. I hate the little rock into the ropes comeback <laughs> thing after he's been. That hit. went away for a while. I, I noticed I was like when he brought, busted it out in this most recent run, I was like, Oh, it's been a while since he's done that. Yeah, you know, it just there's just so much about it that I just I am like, you know, you're supposed to be the lunatic fringe and you could be, but I just don't I, I find him more goofy than I do you know, menacing. Oh, definitely goofy. I think they're playing a more uh, just, you know, comic foil just to be speaking the wild card guy. Yeah. Speaking of something going away, how you mentioned for a little while the uh, Ambrose 
rock into the ropes went away. Did you notice on, I don't think we would have heard it on SmackDown because there wasn't a title match, but did you notice on Raw when JoJo did the uh, title match entrances, she did not say scheduled for one fall? She's completely. Oh, I did notice that. Yeah, I wonder if, I, and I, I said this weeks ago that I was really surprised. What's his name? Greg Hamilton, the SmackDown mm. ring announcer that's kind of made that as a gimmick. Like, and I think he's a really good ring announcer. Let me just yeah. say that. I think he's got great enthusiasm, great delivery. But I was really surprised. I'm like, I, you know, I can't believe that Vince is letting a ring announcer get over and play to the crowd with this, you know, one fall and then pause and let them repeat. Like, you know, Vince, for all things that we know, Vince doesn't really like, at least anymore, the ring announcers to, you know, he wants them just to, to blend in, right? Not really be. Um, an attraction, and that. So I, I wonder if he's put the uh, put the kibosh on the one fall thing to shut the crowd up. Yeah, what was that? Was it Meltzer who reported that Vince supposedly hates that? Oh, I didn't know anybody reported. I just. Oh I yeah, just, I saw that. You know, Wouldn't be surprised. Social media. Vince be surprised. One fall, which is weird, right? I mean, of all the chance the audience does, like that's the one. Um, I said this before. Sometimes I judge that's how hot a crowd is, is based on how loud the one fall responses you know um man okay so last night when smackdown happened and we're gonna get to smackdown in a second but there was a madison square garden raw house show matt hardy came out to his old broken theme that's the report yeah i watched the video it's just it's just the the piano nothing else and um you know i'm actually there's a column that'll be going up on, on wrestling inc uh, today where i, I kind of i'm talking about several different topics and i i say I, i'll be surprised if you know, that was obviously just for MSG in a, in a non-TV crowd. I'll be surprised if Vince allows it to stay for TV because it's just it's just piano. And I feel like Vince, I feel like it's going to need something more. It's going to need some bass or some something <laughs> more, some more, some more production to it, basically, is what I'm trying to I mean, even though it fits the character based upon what we know of the character from its pre-WWE origins, I just can't see Vince saying, okay, like, that. You know, the CFO is going to have to work on something for Matt Hardy. Yeah. <sighs> Simple and subtle are not the themes of the WWE <laughs> musically or in any way, really, way, shape, or form. So, SmackDown last night. Oh, man. Daniel Bryan out there announcing there's going to be a tournament for the U.S. title. Dolph Ziggler did relinquish it, did uh, drop it and vacate the title. Uh, hey, this could be a good storyline. I think maybe whoever wins, Dolph shows back up, feuds with them. And uh, we went into the first match of the night, a number one contender's triple threat for the tag title, and that was the New Day and Shelton, Be or the New Day versus Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable versus Rusev and Aiden English. Oh my God, is Rusev over with the crowd? How? How did they not call an audible and just say, "Guys, let's just put the belts on them"? Like the crowd, it'll be the biggest moment of the year. Yeah, maybe they're building to it. I mean, yeah, but it would have really made sense on Christmas week to, you know he's altering Christmas week into Rusev day. Every day is Rusev day. I think it would have been, that would have been a good audible to call. I mean, hell the, the t-shirt sold out until the start of January until they get more, more shipments. in. I mean, I, I mean, that's that's, isn't that the number one indicator to WWE is when t-shirts yeah. sell and not put the belts in them, make them the contender. That's the audible. They should have called, had them win the match um, rather than Benjamin and Gable. Now this was a good match. Every team looked good in this. There were some great moves, some great spots. Um, Hell of a way to start off the show, but yeah, man, like Gable and Benjamin, like that's, do you think they're going to, I mean, do you think they're going to beat the Usos next week? I guess the most blunt way I can put it. Is there any disbelief that you can suspend about yeah, how could, this is going to go? I could see Gable and Benjamin possibly winning. I could give them the chance. I mean, they obviously, 
I mean, Gable's a phenomenal performer. And obviously, when, you know, when they decided to split him and Jordan and put Jason Jordan in the Cole Kurt Angle situation, um, they, they truly didn't want to leave Gable high and dry, hence why they bring in, you know, even though Shelton Benjamin was supposed to come back a year earlier and then he had surgery, you know, they put Benjamin with him, obviously an accomplished tag team wrestler. So I think, obviously, they want to take care of Gable and they want they want a tag team he's in to be something. You know, he kind of was muddling around in mediocrity of nothing to do for a few months, but they're finally putting some um, commitment into his booking. So I could see potentially, um, you know, that happening. Yeah. Or is his new day called him older Jason Jordan? (laughs) I like that too. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think uh, the athleticism is there. I just think the characters are there. I think there will be a very two dimensional champs if they were to win over the Usos. Well, yeah, sure. They don't have as much character as the Usos do. I mean, he, hell, even when it was um, well, it was when it was American Alpha, you know, they didn't have much. It was just all about how just just raw, natural performance. Uh, and look how far that were. got them when they were yeah, champs. Right. right. So, I mean, you know, it it could work. I mean, it, it was certainly the perfect match to to start the show off with, especially when you know you need to go commercial free for the first hour. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, they have less personality than any other tag team. And now granted, quite some characters on SmackDown, but I mean, Gable and Benjamin, less personality than the Ascension at this point. <laughs> Maybe the Colognes, who haven't been on TV. <laughs> well, <laughs> the Ascension's doing sketch comedy now, so who would have ever yeah, thought that? Absolutely, man. Um, uh, did you watch that in WWE.com, the, the Fashion Files Christmas sketch? No, I have not. Is it worth it? No, I mean, the Ascension gave them a... a like a stick figure drawing in their own blood as a Christmas gift. Uh, yeah, that was, probably, it was good. That's probably, that's probably the weirdest sentence anybody's going to say to me all day. Oh, man. Like, why are they putting that in WWE.com? It's so weird to me. So we had that match last night um, with them and the Bludgeon Brothers, Brazongo rematching the Bludgeon Brothers, um, being saved by the Ascension. So no finish to that but then backstage the ascension saying that oh hey we got you a rematch for next week ah oh, is this doing any of these three teams any favors you know what i'll say this this is probably a, a shot out of left field booking what if the ascension is slowly setting you know pretending to be friends with breeze angle and setting them up what i could what if you put the ascension and the bludgeon brothers all together in one giant thing i mean they that would That'll, that would drum some interest, I think. Maybe. I actually think if they if they didn't book it as a squash, the Ascension versus the Bludgeon Brothers, man, that's like my eight-year-old boy fantasy match, right? <laughs> think back to when you were a kid, just seeing the guys like the Ascension come out yeah. and the Bludgeon Brothers come out, and it's like, this is going to be epic. It's all, you know, it's, and it's all about perception. I, I've, I've talked about this a lot in the past, you know, on this podcast with you and our others, um, you know, especially when we talk about like, you know, potential opponents for Brock Lesnar. I always say, and, and you know, it's, it's wrestling. So all it takes is just positioning. If, if you all of a sudden started having the Ascension go out and be booked seriously, then, you know, I mean, you know, they have a very interesting, you know, look to them. Uh, Connor, the big, the bigger one is a huge dude. Like he is, I mean, he is a, you know, so like, there, there's it's all about perception so you know you've had him do all this comedy but you can easily hit a reset um yeah that's why people get on about like oh rusev he's being made to look like a fool no he, he's over he's getting it you know he's getting great you know notoriety and it, it would only take you know a quick little reset to um you know to then you know change perception if and when that time comes to make rusev once again a, a badass um so i i i would like to see the ascension used 
more and give it a shot and the bludgeon brothers and you know let's 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 yeah g- give me some of these uh you know nightmare you know horror movie kind of uh, matches and you know i'm gonna say this given so th- this predates your era with wrestling inc but i thought the shining stars were just the most annoying stupidest tag team i'd seen a recent memory in the wwe with their timeshare humor um but i'd say give give uh the fashion files let them do something with the colognes and build them and use them on tv but yeah give the ascension like a real feud with the bludgeon brothers i think for kids especially that demographic they would pop hard for that how many more gimmicks do the colognes have to cash in on i mean you know like i mean i I mean i feel bad for them in a way because you know just before the shining stars thing i mean I i think uh, I'd always heard uh, from pretty good, reliable sources that the, that WWE was trying really hard to get Carlito to come back. Yeah, and he was going to put them with that. And then you know when Carlito wouldn't, then it was just like, all right, well, we just got to let these guys talk about timeshares in Puerto Rico. <laughs> and, you know, it's like I feel bad. Like you know, they've you know at WWE WWE try you know when they were the bullfighters or the or whatever the Matadors. Oh, they, Los Luchador, no, um, Los Matadores. Right, and they give them the they give them El Torito, and like you know WWE puts the vignettes up. They 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 pay attention to it, and then it's like it's like they get tired of the toys not new and shiny anymore, and the toy gets tossed. Oh yeah, all the time. Los uh, Matadores was in uh, the the second WWE Scooby Doo movie. They they made really? the cut for that with Stardust, and that's that one's something I have to say. Like the Undertaker's in that. Uh, I think Dusty Rhodes recorded some dialogue for it. Like that one is a bit of a fiasco. It's worth watching. I, I can't say that I'm up on the animated WWE properties. I did watch uh, Camp WWE for for most of the. You know what it is? Uh, I've talked about this before. Sometimes I'll just try and put on the most random things when I'm hanging out with the wife, just to sort of get her reaction to it. And uh, I'll tell you, the one we talked about a couple months ago was when the the WWE and the Jetsons one came out. First Jetsons movie in like. 25 years and i put that on and it was just i was live tweeting it i was like this is so absurd it almost has to be seen to be believed you have a very uh, loving wife hey you know she goes to the events with me she's probably genuinely into 90 percent of it but there's just 10 percent that she's just like really there should be every week i should start compiling a list this should be a new column i can do for wrestling i'll start compiling a list of here were moments in the last two days of WWE programming you hope that somebody who's not a wrestling fan did not walk in the room. Oh yeah, you know, you know like when you see you know when you see them dressed up in ridiculous costumes or or you know dressed up as whatever, and, and somebody walks in the room and goes, "What the hell are you watching?" There's, there's, we should make a list of that each week. Absolutely. Well, Raj was talking about that with the Woken gimmick, the the bad promo with all the cuts. His wife walked in on that. <laughs> He's saying he'd rather be caught watching porn. Like, like it was that uncomfortable. You know, uh, what I hated during the holiday season was having people over, having like family over when these segments were coming on. And they're looking at me like, this is what you had to be home to watch. This is why we had to come over here. Um, that's when, that's when you go and pays the bills. Yeah, seriously. It's, uh, oh man, it was bad, bad, bad. Um, the, the lowest of lows. Um, so Ruby Riot versus Naomi, Naomi, I thought looked like a million bucks coming out there, but uh, pretty cut and dry match with Ruby Riot winning, announcing she's going to be in the Royal Rumble. They are starting to build that a little bit, but I really think that's going to go into full swing next week, post-holiday. Yeah, going back to Naomi real quick, I, I've said this so often, she is just such a visual treat. I mean, so marketable, such a kid, not even just kid-friendly, it's just everybody. Like, if you watch that, I mean, she's, you know, the the dancing and the light-ups got like an appeal to the kids. Um, but then, you know, you see her athleticism, you see her beauty, so that can appeal to you know, the older demographic. Um, 
I can't say enough good things about her. Uh, yeah, Ruby Riot. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still just not sold on the, the trio. The, I feel bad because they're. It's nothing that they've done particularly wrong. It's just all three of them are, are green by WWE standards and just not really interesting to me. And again, it, it mirrors the absolution on Raw. But again, as I've said all along, adds depth for a Royal Rumble. So whatever. Sure. Um, Charlotte came out and made the save when Naomi was getting beat down, but then Charlotte got beat down. I was expecting Becky to come back, but I guess... Uh, yeah, where's she been? Uh, Marine 6. Uh, which that. I think has the best online buzz, given that it's got Becky, HBK, co-starring with The Miz. Well, you can watch it and tell me how it is. The but... Marine, You didn't watch The Marine 5? I did not. Yeah, so you imagine you say, what if an action movie took place in an amusement park's parking garage? <laughs> they build it up like Bo Dallas and Heath Slater um, and Curtis Axel. Like these guys are part of a gang and they're chasing uh, the Miz, who's now an EMT. Uh, they're chasing him and they're going towards this amusement park. You're like, oh, we're going to have an action movie in an amusement park? That's going to be amazing. And instead, it's all in the parking garage of the amusement park. They go to the amusement park for like five minutes at the end for the final shootout and then it's open. Yeah, I, I WWE movies. I try, but it just I, I tried a long time ago, and I've kind of since given up. Yeah. Um, Actually, let me correct that. Yeah. Uh, the WWE movies that are heavily, heavily promoted around wrestlers as the main characters. I mean, there's obviously some WWE Studios films that we don't even that people mostly don't even realize. Like, oh, the, yeah. like you know that that, that WWE is part of that that have been big successes with with A list actors, but most of the straight to DVD stuff they're doing, I just I can't get into it. 12 rounds three with Dean Ambrose. I'll say that that like Dean Ambrose is legitimately like a basic cable action star. Did he, he rock, a, did he rock back into something before he went to go like, you know, fire no. a weapon, but his hair is like all down and scrap. I mean, it was funny how they're trying to like sort of compensate and cover up. Um, but if you think about those movies that used to be on HBO in the nineties, like in the middle of the night, 12 rounds, three is a very solid one of that. Uh, the one with Dolph Ziggler was ridiculous where part of it's at a WWE event where there might be a bomb there. Um, which, but that the makes one, me, that, which as a consumer, that makes me feel comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the one with Edge though was actually pretty, pretty all right. Is like it was like a diehard with a vengeance type thing. Edge trying to stop a terrorist. Um, but I, I, I this might sound like a weird comment. I pick and choose which WWE Studios films I watch. You know, it has to something about it has to grab me. Sounds uh, like you're sounds like you're keeping them in business. You're like the IMDb for WWE. Studios. Well, we were talking about this. You saw at least the original Marine with John Cena, right? Long, yeah, a long time ago. I mean, out. that is a fantastic homage, to, like a parody of 80s action films. <laughs> like how many scenes where John Cena is leaving a building and the building explodes behind him? Right. You know? Um, but no, I mean, look, you know, there's downtime. There's time where we don't feel like watching our binge shows. And, you know, hey, WWE programming. Gotta, gotta keep gotta keep them in business somehow. Um, okay, there in the chat, Natalie saying she has seen them as well. You know, and I'm saying I don't, I don't necessarily pay for all of these. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, oh, so you're not keeping them in business. You're, uh, <laughs> you're, you're hawking the system here. I'm, tw I'm tweeting, you know. Actually, I think they sent me, uh, I don't have it here. They sent me a, a review copy of the Marine 5. Like, word is out. Get it to this guy. He's going to yeah, talk they, about it. Yeah, they don't bother sending that to me. They know better. Yeah. Um, oh, man. So we had the first round of the U.S. title tournament last night. Bobby Roode and Baron Corbin. Oh, my God. Were you thrilled that this feud went on one more match? 
Yeah, you know, again, it goes back to the if so much programming and and and, and just the repetition. Yeah, I mean, and it's a you know, it's not a bad match, and I think Baron Corbin. Um, you know, I think he's better than what a lot of people want to, you know, say that he's not. But um, yeah, but it's, it's just getting getting the redundancy is 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 very annoying. Um, I, I will say that it's it's just becoming too much. Yeah, I mean, Bobby Roode won as he should. Uh, although Corbin really dominated the first half of that last night um but I'm, I'm glad that they were in the tournament against one another so this does not continue but what do you do with baron corbin next yeah good question um i almost wonder i almost wonder if if, if it wouldn't be bad to work out a, a trade and move him to raw maybe move somebody from raw to smackdown <clears throat> i just don't know what other you know if he's not going to go into the world title picture you know which which is obvious of how things went back in the end of the summer. If he's not going to go into the world title picture on SmackDown, I just don't know what other room there is for him. So again, maybe maybe move him to Raw. Maybe there's somebody in Raw that could that could use a, a fresh fresh scenery in SmackDown. Yeah, um, they got to do something. Although I was disappointed that in the first round, Ty Dillinger versus Jinder Mahal, the Jinder one. I mean, now granted, this is the first time we've seen Ty on WWE TV in a while, so I, I didn't have high hopes for him winning but i just feel like when it's too many of these same guys it's not doing smackdown as a brand any favors if you just feel like it's just this, this played out you know i mean gender man i feel like we need a break you know keep him off tv for a couple weeks yeah well this goes into smackdown you know when they did the whole when they decided to do the brand extension again you know, you look at the rosters, and obviously Raw was far more stacked. And, you know, part of that you justify and say, okay, Raw's got three hours, so they have to have more people. But even when you just look at the and, – and, like, SmackDown's tried to do the best they can with who they have to work with, but you just still look. There's just a huge – you know, the scale is just so drastically tipped that uh, we get these redundancies. Yeah, and uh, after that, backstage, Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura announcing themselves for the Royal Rumble. Were those the first male entrants announced? I don't remember Raw any guys uh, announcing. Yeah, as far as I can remember, that was the, those are the first ones. Which, and I, <laughs> I just love. I know it's. Just, I know he's just doing exactly what he's told to. Tom Phillips and the commentary guys. But you know, Shinsuke says, you know, okay, we're gonna rumble, and then I think they, they cut the the commentators oh my god orton and shinsuke both in the rumble <laughs> well it's a, it's a 30 person rumble i think they had pretty good chances they were going to be into it <laughs> you know? oh man um but again i know that's what tom and them are instructed to do so yeah uh in the main event of the night aj styles versus kevin owens Sami Zayn ring ringside um you know this match we've seen this before um this was a pretty good version of it sammy interfering a little bit shane coming down to throw sammy out of there that gets uh, aj distracted and owens rolls him up for a pin however not a title match and the night ends with sammy and kevin celebrating uh do you think they're going to keep this feud going with these guys do you think next week we're going to see aj versus sammy perhaps i think that's a good bet yeah absolutely um yeah, I thought it was a good match, and I thought it was a wise decision. Obviously, to get you know, Owens a win. Obviously, they you know they had the stare, the little brief stare down between AJ and Shane, and which was kind of weird. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it really it just feels like, and this this is good because I miss this stuff because again, days of and in, in the days of today with all this all these shows, you know, we don't get it as often. When, you know, things are you know quick and gone. I love the feel that like they are really building to something big between Brian and Shane. 
and and Owens and Zane and Stott. Like it, it I, I like that it feels like there's like some grand plan. I just hope that there actually is a grand plan uh, that there is some big payoff. And again, I don't know what the payoff is. I don't know what Dan O'Brien's capabilities are. I, but it just I like it. I like this string me along as long as I feel like there's something at the end of the string. Yeah, and they did some storytelling last night backstage with Daniel and Shane. I thought that was okay. I liked um, I like Shane talking how he's not his father while co- copying all his father's mannerisms. Yeah, that was a nice little subtle bit they did there. Um, but who knows? So the dark match after the show went off the air, we had a repeat of the tag. What was it? Jinder, KO, and Sammy versus Orton, Nakamura, and AJ. And Daniel Bryan was the ref for that. Did you see the video online where before Orton comes out and finishes the match, Kevin or uh, Daniel Bryan rather was running the ropes as the special referee in that match? No, I did not. I, I, I did hear that he was or read or saw a headline that he was a ref in the dark match, but I didn't hear anything about. There's a little that. segment where uh, Bryan. Now let me make sure I'm getting this right. Bryan and Sammy do like a little square dance, twirl <laughs> with each other, and then they're both running the ropes. Sammy's running the ropes, RKO out of nowhere on Sammy, and the match is over. <laughs> well, send, send them all home happy, right? Yeah, seriously. They're teasing it, man. Hey, Dr. Maroon's right here in Pittsburgh. It's, it's, it, he's got he's to do the approval. Mm. It's up to him. Yeah. Um, so Fastlane, the main event, supposedly already being leaked or being advertised, rather. That's going to be a fatal five-way for the title. Is that correct? Is that, is that what was leaked? Yeah, that's what I saw. Fatal Five Way has uh, for the championship AJ Nakamura and a few others in that. I'm that assuming- so that kind of gives so that kind of gives it away that a Raw superstar wins the Rumble, and then they'll have some. They'll have to have a five way to determine who's going to be champion or who's going to who's going to get to WrestleMania. Is that what I mean? That's not uncommon that we see in February, or it's not uncommon we see in February, March, in between Rumble and Mania that there's you know they used to have Elimination Chamber. It's not uncommon you have you know, multiple number one contenders potentially. Yeah, let's see. The poster has AJ Orton, Nakamura, and Owens. So, oh, and then Sammy's going to be the fifth. Sammy not making the poster. So it could change, but, you know, it's fun to speculate. March 11th, 2018, Columbus, Ohio, at the Nationwide Arena. Great arena. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see uh, what happens between now and then. Oh, so who do you think should win this U.S. title tournament? Given that uh, AJ has the main title, it looks like those five guys are going to be the ones in contention for that in March. So of this mid-card, who should be the U.S. champion in your mind? You know, I've never been opposed to the old-fashioned foreign heel than trying to get the U.S. title and this and that. And and uh, as my phone rings. Uh, that's, that's, that's Vince calling on line one to tell me who's going to win. Uh, I think, I think I'm going to go Bobby Roode. You know, I think Bobby Roode right now is, um, is over. Um, I think the, the, the deals, I think, you know, he's really over right now. So you might as well run with it. Um, the, the, the music over, he's over, you know, he's not a young man. So let's, whatever you're going to do with him. If, if you, if you have plans and maybe him getting, you know, whatever run, whether it's a mid card title run or a mid card title run to see if you can elevate him to a world title. I think now's the time to do that. Um, you know, I think I think this is the time to do it. So I'll, I'll go Bobby Roode. Yeah, I think they got to do something. If they don't pull the trigger on him, send him over to Raw at this point, right? I mean, to have an NXT champion called up 
Well, I mean, Nakamura, similar boat, right? I mean, you got to do something with these guys. Yeah. I mean, then the next question becomes, if, 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 if I'm right, if it is Bobby, then where does Jinder go from there? I know you said, you know, Jinder should go away. It's like, you know, he, he spent For a little while. Of, you know, he spent the bulk of the year as the champion at the top of the card. Uh, and, you know, so if he doesn't drop down and get this mid-card title, what does he do? Like, how many more, you know, how, how you know, he's working, you know, they're, they're, they're here in Pittsburgh tomorrow for a house show. He's working in a cage against AJ. You know, he can work the, the house show loop, but eventually, you know, what's what's the next thing of substance for gender? You, you, assume, you assume after Rumble that there would be something for him uh, going into Mania, but I couldn't even begin to tell you what that could be. Kickstart that feud with Mojo, man. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I wonder if next week if Mojo, if we're going to have Mojo versus Ryder match in the U.S. title tournament. Yeah, they never, they didn't show a bracket or anything, so we have no clarity, right, on how many people are in. Yeah, none. I mean, I don't know who else. Mike Kanellis? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to go to the roster right now. I'm trying to go, oh. I think Dolph is going to show back up after whoever wins and feud with that person for at least a week or two. You would think because the Dolph thing is so. I mean, you know, we've all been speculating when he's when he's done with WWE for I feel like for like two three years now, and he talks about it, and then he vacates the title, which it's it, 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 on a way it felt like okay he is done he is leaving this is this was a, a unique way to swerve the audience with him winning on his last match and walking out with a title and then vacating. But then, yeah. It, Why I, couldn't I, they let Brett do that 20 years ago? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't. I'm, I'm not sure. I can see what you're saying being true, but then another part of me is like, well, maybe he is leaving. Or maybe he, maybe they said, okay, if you're leaving, if, if your contract's up on whatever day, I don't know what date it is, but let's say if it's up sometime in January, they did, you know, rather than. Because he is still working house shows. He's still advertised for some house shows, supposedly. Mm. So. If that's the case, then maybe it's okay. We're done with you on TV. Finish out the house shows because we need, we need the warm body, uh, and then you know you'll just quietly be, you know, we'll just quietly part ways. That I mean, that would be a first, right? That that's not the way normally these things end. No, it's not. It's it, it, it. But this is also this is also not a normal situation. I mean, again, like I said, how many other people can we really recall that like we've been like all under the belief of yeah he's leaving yeah he's leaving when's it coming he's talking about it like it just this is also a unique kind of situation than than i think a lot of others yeah we'll see man we'll see is uh we'll know sooner rather than later next week everything kicks back up 2018 it's here rumble month away i think i love the rumble and I, I, I mean, before that i'll um, the week before that i'll be in new york the manhattan center that's for right. all 20 for all, for all 25. 25 that's that's really what i'm waiting for yeah, it's gonna be an exciting January, folks. Um, so before we wrap, I feel like end of the year we should talk about this. Uh, Rolling Stone said the Miz was a WWE Wrestler of the Year. It's a good candidate. It's hard pressed to think of many people that had a better year than the Miz. Although I really think last year was uh, the Miz at the absolute top of his game. Um, what were some of your favorite things this year that you recall? Who do you think had the best year in the WWE? I mean, even though he lost to Brock, I'm just I'm I'm just, I'm just so high on the Braun train. I just I just yeah. think I just think, and I, and I take into consideration the booking of him. I take into consideration who we're talking about here. We're talking about a guy at how inexperienced he was being put into the positions that he has been put in, and how well he's done with it. You know, um, 
and granted he was protected by having the theme of you know quick short squash matches to you know and then letting him learn and uh go longer on non-tv you know house shows I, you know I'm, I'm i'm big on the brawn uh train you know uh, but the miz is certainly a candidate the miz is the miz is we talked about this on chair shot reality when we were talking about you know who was 2017 superstar of the year and and miz was came up brawn came up um the, the miz has just been so reliable he's probably in and out day to day the best heel they have the most reliable heel you know mm. you can ha- you can have you know, you can have guys pop in, you know, Brock can come in and be a really whatever Brock is <laughs> when he comes in. But I think Miz, day in, day out, is their most reliable heel for sure. Definitely. And I think part of the challenge when doing it by the calendar year is that's not one, that's not how the WWE works. Sure. Um, two, it seems rare that WWE creative and Vince are that high on someone I feel like it's almost six months, it goes in six months increments, you know, because I look at most of the year and I'm like, man, Alexa Bliss actually had a really amazing run last year that really culminated last year. Um, mm-hmm. But again, some of that was 2016 to 2017. And then she's just been a footnote since then. Um, although I did like that uh, with uh, her and Asuka, Asuka declaring herself. I thought that was Asuka's best promo Monday night when she came out and faced Alexa in the ring. I thought that was a great segment. But with Alexa, I feel like they didn't do anything with her for six weeks leading up to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Alexa's, you know, when you go into the, the girls, I mean, again, if we're talking, I mean, how broad do we want to get this? We can make a case for Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho had a, oh, great, yeah. a great year with WWE doing all that he, you know, starting with the stuff with Kevin Owens and, and what have you, and then, uh, you know, then in the whole wrestling world, what he's doing now, what he's getting ready for on January 4th. So Chris Jericho, again, at his age, you know, still doing it, uh, not just not just, not just just potentially being wrestler of the year, but, you know, he's a successful rock star and everything else he has going on. I agree. I think the problem is that his run ended, you know, in May, <laughs> like May of uh, 2017, um, you know, after, after, what was it, payback? Um, I think it's almost easier, I think, Tell me if you agree with this. I think the biggest wasted opportunity of the year, not who had the worst year, but the biggest wasted opportunity of the year was Finn Balor by far. Um, yeah, I think there's been definitely some missteps there. Um, you know, you could even make a case for Baron Corbin. Again, I, I think Baron Corbin's a good heel. And he's got good size, good look. And, and, and you know, we thought big things. You know, when, you, when you're walking around that briefcase, that usually means you're, you're being prepped to be uh, the next major player. And he works John Cena and SummerSlam. And, you know, he has all this stuff going for him. And then just it just falls, you know, just, I don't know. And, and, you know, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of you know, rumor that he might've got himself in trouble with something he might've said and this and that. Oh, really? I, I yeah. haven't heard that yet. So, um, but yeah, there was the rumor. I think the rumor was that he had, um, spoke out of turn actually to, I don't know if it was a Dr. Maroon or it was, they were talking about the, the medical protocols and the NFL and, and this and that and what how oh the Baron Corbin thing I think you meant right right oh no no, no no Corbin yeah so, oh no no I heard that multiple sources yeah yeah so I mean I think you can make a case that he was a missed opportunity this year yeah <laughs> what a way to talk yourself out of it to pipe up and be like actually doctor you're wrong right in the NFL this is what they do yeah um yeah it's uh it's been an interesting year but yeah i feel like it's wwe does not go by calendar years i feel feel like it's very much seasonal um and you know we almost need to judge these things between mania and SummerSlam and the reverse yeah that's fair that's okay yeah you're right six, it, it does go in six months you kind of you it's mania to SummerSlam and then SummerSlam to the rumble and then there's a 
the road to mania is a whole other. It's whole, yeah, it's, it's, it's and this season. is no no disrespect to Mr. Uh, Braun Strowman whatsoever, but I think it's actually remarkable that Braun what has been. He, I mean, he's one of the few that I could think of. I mean, Braun and Roman are really the two guys that they they've booked consistently in this evergreen mentality over the course of a calendar year. And that's and that's and that's always a that's always an example. That's always a, a sign of because. Vince has specific plans. He has a specific end game. So, and that that end game is not going to change. So that so there's you know they're a top priority in booking. You know everybody else gets the the random fluctuating booking because you know the end game is undetermined. But I think you know Vince knows the end game. Obviously, is Roman and Brock uh, again at Mania. The end game is Braun and Taker at Mania. So you know when you know those end games, he's going to be careful about how he gets there. Everyone in the chat is uh, speculating about Oscar's streak and the Royal Rumble, her being in the Women's Rumble. I think next week we're going to start hearing the announcers very clearly clarifying and mentioning, well, if she's eliminated from the Rumble, that doesn't end her streak. Yeah, if and if they do, that might be the indication that she's not going to win. Because if they don't mention it, they can make that part of the, you know, if she is going to win the Rumble, then by building on the fact of she's never lost and now she's going to have you know, 19 or 29, however other many, many talents to, you know, I think, I think if, I think if we see that as uh, part of the hype going into it, I think that's a sign that she's going to win. I think if they keep clarifying that it doesn't damper her streak, that's a sign she's going to lose. Yeah. Or they're going to, they're going to cheat us all and have her attack backstage and unable to compete in the rumble. Ronda Rousey just pulled in and hit her with a car. (laughs) (laughs) Who who was driving the car? It was Rousey. It was me all along. Rousey did it for the, actually I could see that. Rousey makes the Rikishi promo. I did it for The Rock. Yeah. I know. I, I could see them doing a mysterious attacker, you know, um, and hopefully they pay it off. Like, what was it? In NXT, we still never found out who attacked Tadeo in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. I guess we never did get that, that conclusion. That's, been <laughs> a, that's a whole other one. There's a lot of things we never got conclusion for. There, there was a thing back in the day between Kurt Angle and Stephanie McMahon and something about, you know, they were kind of teasing the two of them had like a, Potentially, we're gonna have like a love affair, and there was something about a, a hotel room number, and we never got the finish to that either. There's, there's been a lot of, you know, who raised the belts, and there's, there's all kinds of stuff. That's been I on, know. On, if you like continuity, folks, uh, the WWE perhaps is not no. your premier destination for entertainment. Um, well, cool, man. Anything else before we wrap it up today? No. Um, happy holidays to everybody. Of course, follow along on Twitter at Justin the Bar. I have a new column up. It's right now up on Wrestling Inc. Where I. Its theme is I want to know where I pose some questions, uh, some of which we've touched on here. Uh, and, of course, Chair Shot Reality, we're on a little bit of a break of a hiatus for the holidays, but we did film some some things. So there's a new video that went up yesterday on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel where we uh, make our bold predictions for 2018. And we'll also have a video coming up soon where we talk about uh, the big Wrestle Kingdom event and what that could mean for the wrestling business. Nice. And we're less than one month away from uh... – XFL perhaps returning? Oh, that's that's a whole other podcast and it's in and of itself. Please let there be a San Francisco team. I'm gonna go to at least one of those games before I get bored and then ignore it completely like the rest of America. Wait a minute, you watch all the Marines and all this animated WWE stuff because you're gonna get bored of the XFL? Uh, the XFL idea is an A plus. The execution was was a B. B minus. Well, 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 but that but we're basing it on <laughs> we're basing it on 15 years ago. They got a lot of new tools. It's true. It's true, man. Uh, I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein. Uh, Give me a follow over there. And yeah, folks, happy new year. We'll see you back here in 2018. 
on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Bah Take humbug. Care. <laughs>